0: So here we go. Today's daf is daf we We're two lines from the top of the page. Finishing up the Perek Zog, the Gemara, by quoting the Mishnah. We said that Klal Yisrael was split up into three groups. Why was Klal Yisrael split up into three groups? So we learned in the Mishnah because of the pusuk. There's a pusuk in the Torah. The pusuk tells us, that it says kol kehal adas yisrael it says kahal, it says adas it says yisrael so vaistois, you see uh, each one represents another group so is always split up into three groups, so here we go tono we learned in a braisa uh, this third group he he nikreis katatzlonis fascinating, we're going to have a, a lot of very uh, practical uh, and fascinating life messages on this daf, as usual. The third group is called the lazy group, the last ones to show up. Ask the Gemara, I don't understand. Why is the third group called the lazy group? If it says, das Yisrael, we automatically were split up into three groups. So somebody needed to go last. What else did you want to do? automatically the three groups. So, what what do people in the third group do wrong? Am the Afilu Even so, yes, somebody has to go last, but it doesn't need to be you. It doesn't need to be me. They could have made sure to come earlier and been in the Zruzin Magdim in the Mitzvahs, been the first ones to perform the Mitzvah. Because the Tani we learned in the Brizer, Rabbi Yemer. Rebbe says, You know what? The world needs people who sell smelly things, like tanners and hides. However, fortunate is a person who is able to make a livelihood in a a clean and and, um, pleasant manner, with nice smelling things. And woe to a person who is, yeah, the world needs it. But woe to a person who has to be in that line of work. The world obviously needs a male and female. But fortunate is a person who's able to teach his son Tyra. Right? There's a chiyuv of a of a of a boy to learn taira. So fortunate is a person who has an opportunity to learn Torah with their children. And you don't have that opportunity when it comes to Nekevus. That's why he calls it fortunate. So you see from here, it says the Gemara, listen, the world needs many things. But a person should, a person should uh, try their best to put themselves and make themselves the type of person who's in the right place at the right time. And yeah, there needs to be an ABC group when you get on the Southwest plane. But if you would have signed up on time, you could have got on a little earlier, right? You could have got on in the A group and the B group. So too, by the on Mikdash... Those who came in the first two groups are more fortunate. La, uh, next piece of Mishnah, Kemaseyu Bechay, the same way the Kabrin Pesach was done on a weekday. Uh, they did the same thing on Shabbos, and we said that the Gahanim used to wash down the Azorah, says the Gemara, Shalai Bertzain Man. Who exactly amongst the Chachamim were not happy with this? Omar um, it wasn't with the agreement of Rabbi Eliezer. Why? If it's according to the Rabbanon, they hold that cleaning up the Azara is just going to be Shvos. Then the Rabbanan, and therefore it's allowed according to the Rabbanan. The only person who should remember, only Daraisas were not allowed on the base of Mikdash, but the Rabbanans were okay because Kohanimar's reason, so are careful. And therefore they don't need the rabbinic safeguards always. Says the Gemara, Maihi. What's this, Machoy Gastin, Rabbi Ezra, and the Rabbana? Titania, the we learned in Rebrisom. Echot hachoylev, a person who milks an animal. Vahamechabet, or curdles the milk. Vahamechabain, or makes cheese. Kigraigris, if you make the amount of a dried fig, you're going to be chai. Vahamechabet, a person who sweeps. Now, remember, there were. Uh, Back then they had dirt floors, so you're smoothing out the ground. Or a person who's sprinkling out the dust to cover up any filth. Or a person who takes out honeycombs. If you do a Bishagig on Shabbos, you're His and if you do it on a Yomtiv, then like us, our boy, your Chayav Malchus, also deraisam. Divre This is the pin of And all, but by, by, by these cases of sweeping the floor and by removing the honeycomb, so on and so forth, this is only a Denderabonon. And since it's a Dinder it is going to be, um, usher me. I'm sorry, according to Rebel he says the only things that are usher. Are things that are that um, are da'iraisa, and according to Rabbi Yehazar, since sweeping is considered mi'da'iraisa, memela, you shouldn't be allowed to clean out the beis hamikdash. And memela, it's Rabbi who's the one who's got a problem with the with what the kahanim did in the beis hamikdash on Shabbos. Ravashi Ashi says not necessarily. Why? Because I feel you could even say that the Chacham hold the also did not allow the Kahanim to do this in the Beis HaMikdash. The Rabbi Nosonim is following the opinion of Rabbi Noson the Tanya. We learned in Abrisa, Rebbe Noson Aymer, Rabbi Noson says, Shavos Tsricha Hitiru, that it wasn't always permitted to transgress Durabanons in the Beis HaMikdash. It was only permitted to transgress a Durabanon when it was needed for the Avaida. When you had to do it in the base of Hamikdash, the Torah says, "Bring a korban and uh, you know do this step and that step." And if outside the Beis Hamikdash, inside the base Hamikdash was okay, as long as it's needed for a for a uh, for an avoda for a service. But lohi tiru, but that's not needed to clean out the base of Mikdash is not a chelak of the avoda. That's not a part of the avoda. It's not absolutely necessary, and therefore the according to Rabbi Nasan. Halachos de Rabbanon did exist in the base HaMikdash. They just didn't exist to override anything that was needed for the Abaydah. Period. End of that expo- That piece of the mission. Rabbi Uraimar. Rabbi Ura says, <laughs> The coin would fill up a cup. What happened? Tanya Bilantarabais Rabbi Uraimar says, <laughs> The coin would fill up a cup with Blood that had already spilled out onto the base HaMikdash floor. Okay? Why? So that if any of the blood had spilled, had fallen out, it's going to come out that Zem Now that I've got a mixture of blood that's on the floor and we're going to see as we discussed, we, we had this conversation with Rabiel the other day about how exactly things worked in the Besamikdash. What did the process look like? We're going li- to get a little more involved in that right now. But, we, but uh, all the mixture of blood is now putting it into the cup is going to allow it to become kosher. How so? Amr le'i says, Yehud, says, But if it fell onto the floor, it was never put into a clichari. So what does it help? to fill it up with the last kayyum before he sprinkles it, to put in blood on the floor. What does that help him? Uh, there, there's really no point. So before the Gemara answers, the Gemara is going to ask a question. Now, how do you know that the blood on the floor wasn't put into a klisha race initially? How do you know it wasn't caught in a blood? Maybe it was that type of blood. Rather, this is what they were saying to Rabbi Yehuda. Maybe, you know, you're, you're right the blood that's on the floor that now we're mingling back in to the blood over here to make sure that there's uh, Pesach Dikah blood beside. But um, but uh, there's a chance that it wasn't initially caught into a cup. And since it was not initially caught into a cup, it's pussel blood. You're not helping the situation. You're going to hurt the situation. Amar lehem. Sir so Buda says, Back to them, Afani loyamarti ella bin What I was talking about is that the Kayan would only mix blood in if he knew that blood had been caught in a klisharis, had, you, you had Kabbalah Saddam. Says the Gemara, how would the Kaya know whether it started out in a klisharis? How does he know that when he puts blood from the floor into his cup that it came from a klisharis? The Gemara says, reason. They know what's going on. They're careful. And therefore, they're not spilling that much blood. And therefore, if there's a lot of blood around them, he knows that he's, he, there's a very strong um, Anansadi. You know, we can kind of testify about this, that it started out in Akhlisharis. Says the Gemara, well, if they're so careful about how to handle the blood, why did it spill out in the first place? Ease reason, am I mistapich? Why'd it spill out? Answer the Gemara, sometimes you're a little too careful. Yeah, you try to go very slow. And then because you're going too slow, you spill. You go too fast, you spill. You got to be careful. Everything in moderation. Because they're, trying, because they're going fast, you all try to be careful. So sometimes, uh, sometimes uh, things happen, you know, and things uh, end up spilling out. says the Gemara. But granted, you're going to have the, the... There's two types of blood. You have the blood that squirts out initially by the Shechita, that's called Dam ha-nefesh, the life blood. As soon as you Shechta, that's what the main Kabbalah, that's when the Kabbalah's Dam is done on, right? They would cut the neck, the blood would squirt out, that's the blood that they do Kabbalah's Dam. Afterwards, there's Dam the extra blood that drips out, okay? Now, we're assuming in this question that most of the blood that's going to be laying around on the floor of the Beis HaMikdash is not coming from the lifeblood, from the Dam HaNefesh. Rather, it's the excess blood that comes out after from the Dam that wasn't caught uh, with the Kabbalah Saddam. The Gemara says, And that's not the proper blood to sprinkle on the Mizbeach. Why is the Kayan picking it up? The Gemara says, The Behuda is being consistent with his own reasoning. He holds Dam HaTamsis, He says there's no problem to be sprinkling blood on the Mizbeach from the... From the Dam HaTamtzim, from the extra blood that comes out after the Dam nefesh, How do you know that that's the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda, the Tanya? We learned in Ebrisa, Dam HaTamtzim, be az- Azhara. To eat the Dam HaTamtzim, the extra blood that comes out afterwards, there's an Azhara, the, it's Asr Da Ereisa, to drink that blood, but there's no Chiyuv Kareis, like Dam nefesh. In other words, if you eat blood, that's life blood. That's Kari's. Otherwise, it's a lav. Rabbi Yehuda, Aymer, no, even be He says, any blood, not just the initial life blood that comes out, even the blood that drips out afterwards is going to be a chi of Kari's, and Listen, Rabbi Yehuda is putting both types of blood, the Dam nefesh, the initial life blood, and the Dam hatamsis, into the same category of Isr Kari's. If it's in the same category, it makes sense that he's also going to allow both the leniency as well. That he's going to allow the Dhamma Tamsis to be sprinkled on the Mizbeach too. Because there's no nafkamina. Well, you don't specifically need the Dhamma Nevesh. Even if Dhamma Tamsis gets mixed in, it should be okay. Ask the Gemara, Vamar Rabbulazar, but Rabbulazar says, Yehuda agrees when it comes to a Kapara, She'enai Mishapar. That the Dam since the extra blood that comes out afterwards, if you sprinkle it, even though he said, you're chayav curries for eating, he holds. You don't get a kapara by sprinkling that on him as bayach. Why not? Shinemar? Because says in the Torah, Ki adam hua nefesh yechaper. The Dam nefesh is where the kapara comes from. Top of Amad Beis, which means, what's Reb Yehuda's drosha? Dam HaNefesh, The blood that comes out as soon as the nefesh leaves. That's how you get your kapara by a karbon. So you see over here that even though Rabbi Yehuda holds as a of kareis, he's still going to hold that you can't sprinkle the dam ha And now we're back to our question. If according to Rabbi Yehuda, you're not allowed to sprinkle the dam ha why are we allowing the kayin to pick up the blood from the floor, to put into the cup? To sprinkle the blood that's on the floor should be the blood that's drained out. And now it's a problem. Answers the Gemara beautiful to dam mevatel dam beautiful beautiful terrets. and that is rabudo in general, dam is not mevatel dam. Okay, remember we had this discussion earlier. When you have two of the same type, there's no Bital Bereif. You can't say oh there's more of this type of blood more than that type of blood. Because it's blood, it still exists. If anything, it's just strengthening it. Okay. And therefore, Reb is going to be of the opinion that even if most of the blood that's laying on the floor is the dam hatamsis, is the blood that came out afterwards, that doesn't nullify the fact that there's dam ha'nefesh there. And since there's dam hanefesh, as long as I'm sprinkling dam ha'nefesh on the mizbeach, it's okay for the kohen to pick up the blood from the floor and to sprinkle. Because the bottom line is included in this dam. Is dam ha period end of that discussion of the brysa. Now we're going to talk about another part of the brysa, and this is uh, extremely fascinating, extremely fascinating about how much blood there actually was laying on the floor. As we pointed out, the few uh, you know in a previous discussion or approximately a week ago, it was miraculous that they got these. Hundreds of thousands of carbonas, right? You had Agripas, who asked the Coyangodot to count how many kidneys, pairs of kidneys he had. He had 600,000, and each group had at least 10 people, right? So we had this incredible amount. So uh, li- listen uh, to, wh- to what happened over here. Tanya, we learned in her According to you. Lama Pike against Azara. Why in the world did the Kahanim close up the stream of the. I'm sorry, why did they close, uh, lock off the Azara? After the group would go in, they'd close off the Azara. What's the problem? They should have left the Azara open and allowed the blood to drain out. Amrullah, he said to him, Shabakhul that it's a Shvach, it's a praise to the Kahanim. Yeah? They were, they were knee deep. They were knee-deep um, in blood. In other words, you say, why didn't they allow the blood to drain out? He says, you know something? This is a praise to the Kahanim because they were willing to walk around in so much blood. Now we talk, uh, the picture makes a lot more sense. The Kayin at the end, sprinkling, he's <laughs> just bending down a little bit, you know, to just gather up a little bit of blood, to sprinkle on the Mzmeach. Says the Gemara, The problem was like this. We know the Kahanim were not allowed to wear shoes. Why aren't they allowed to wear shoes during the Avaydah? Because their feet had to be touching the Mikdash. They had to be touching the floor. Says the Gemara, if there's so much blood, so there's a Chatzitza between the Kahanim and the floor, and they shouldn't even be allowed to do the Avaydah of the Karben Pesach. Says the Gemara, no, because blood is squishy. Now, when you go down on something squishy, it moves to the side. Says the Gemara, "Lachu ve'nechaitzus." The blood is lach; it's wet, right? It's a liquid and squishy, and it moves to the side. Kedatania hadam blood, badiyai and ink, vacholav and milk, vadavash and honey, yveshim chaitzus. And only if they're if they're congealed and dried up does it become a chaitzah. Lachu ve'nechaitzim. Something wet is not a chaitzah. Ask the Gemara. Listen to this. Very interesting. Another incredible message. Utanya. We learned in Ebrei's. If a kayan were dirty garments, and ever Hashem walks around like a mensch. You don't walk around with stains on your clothing. You don't walk around with, with Soiled clothing, where Avodim of Hashem, Kavuchaymer in the base Mikdash. You think the Ganim were allowed to walk around with dirty? They were pristine. Their begodim were pristine. You're telling me they were knee deep. What about their begodim? They needed to be so careful that their things were crisp. I mean, if you're gonna say the that they picked up their garments, yeah, they picked up their garments. They say this. Uh, they say a joke. Uh, not to pick on any particular uh, chevra, but it's it's picking on chassidim. This particular one, this particular one, is a guy. Uh, happened to be happened. You could you could say it about any uh, sect of klal yisrael. That's the truth. We all have our shtick. We have a chassidish guy who takes off his bekusha and he puts on a yankees cap and he goes to he goes to Yankee stadium. Yeah, he ties his payus under his yankees cap, takes off his bekusha. Puts on a long leather jacket. It's going to Yankees game. Nobody's going to know he's Jewish. Okay? No one's going to bother him. Comes along. He sits down. Comes the seventh inning stretch. He gets a tap on his shoulder. The guy says, Mincha. He says, why? Who says I'm Jewish? The guy tells him, I'm sitting three rows behind you. Whenever you sit down, you go like this. Yeah. He picks up the flap and back. Yeah, uh, that's how that's how hasidim sit down. Yeah, I, I know. By the way, you sit that you're, <laughs> you know, that you're a yid. <laughs> you're not walking away. You're not getting away with this. They say another one about a guy comes to guy comes to Ellis Island. He's running away from anti-Semitism. He's running away from Europe. He's going to the United States. Comes to Ellis Island. He tells him. He tell he, they, they say, "What's your name?" He says, uh, Mark O'Neill. Guy looks at him and he says, uh, You mean Schwartz? He says, No, Mark O'Neill. Mark O'Neill. Guy says, You're Jewish. He says, I'm Christian. The officer looks at him and he says, You're Christian Ashkenaz or you're Christian fired." <laughs> Your name's not o- your name's not O'Neill. <laughs> All right, you're not well, uh, a yid is a yid. Baruch Hashem. Yeah. So says the Gemara like this. What are you gonna say? The kahanim lifted up their bekishes. The kahanim lifted up their garments, and therefore it remained crisp. It's not possible. The kahanim wore his own garment. Their garments were custom made. Hemmed to perfection. And therefore, the kayan wasn't allowed to lift up or lower his garments because it was sized perfectly for him. And it's he's not going to start exposing above his knees by lifting up his garment when the whole halacha in the Torah is that it's got to fit you perfectly. Says the Gemara. Okay. So, Lekevas. What happened was that the Kaihanim the were carrying the Avarim to the ramp, to Lava vaidi. It's not the Avaida. And any part that's not the Avaida had no Chiv of Midaivad to fit them perfectly. And since it had no obligation to fit them perfectly, they were allowed to lift it up. Okay, so, and, and that's where they were walking. Ask the gumara that, that that's not helping me cuz they weren't ka- only and uh, they weren't on top of the as the whole time right the boy brought me the bike who now avoid the tiny enterprise of hikra ka i mean that's a callam is beyak so i log as the caves the kain had to get there to go up the ramp to get out of the blood yeah it's not helping him anything he's still walking through blood at some point the gumara says ella rather beyilakh has ate we're dealing with the kain uh, they would walk in the blood when they were carrying the wood on top of the mezbeach to burn the chalavim ve'ivarim. The the carrying of the wood, they're allowed to lift up their garments in because that's not a chilak of the Avaida. Says the yivarim dam miha. Still, he'chi azli. How'd they get there? Okay, fine. You found one part of the Avaida that's not considered an avayda and therefore they were allowed to lift up their garments. But guess what? The Mizbayach was not on an island. So they had to walk through blood to get there. And they're not allowed to lift up their garments to walk through the blood. So what'd they do? Says the Gemara. All right, so here's the bottom line. Ready? Simple answer, two words. The Mizbayach, it's today, they had special stages set up for the Kahanim, narrow sidewalks, whatever it was for the Kahanim. To, uh, um, to walk across as they were uh, schlepping over there. Okay? And Rashi explains the question that I would assume we all asked in our minds, we're asking in our minds, and that is but one second. If they set up these stages, didn't we have an initial problem? You can't have a chatzitza between the feet of the kahanim and the floor? So, how can they walk on stages? But certainly a chatzitza. The Rashi explains that since the, the stages were set up in a way that it was considered an extension of the floor and therefore it's not called a chatzitzah. Okay, that's how Rashi gets out of that problem. All right, two more short gemaras before we finish the parak. Ketzad, Tailin, Umavshitan. The Mishnah says, how would they hang the meat and skin the animal? So, remember we said initially they go to the butchering place, they had these hooks, and if they were all taken, then they would put their arms on each other, right? Karav he would tear open the meat and remove the Emurav, the limbs, Nesonam b'magas v'hiktiran, and then he would put them in a bowl and bring them up on the Mizbeach. Otuhu gufe hava says the Gemara. Um, a Yisrael... We're assuming that the one who brought the carbon Pesach on behalf of himself or his Chabura was the one who did the skinning. It seems that we're saying that the one who is skinning it takes out the Emurim to burn them on the Mizbeach. Separates the Emurim. He's not allowed to do that. That's for the Kayin. The gemara says, you're right. He, he didn't actually bring it up on the Mizbeach, but he was the one who removed the Emurim so the Kayin could bring it up on the Mizbeach. Okay. End of that clarification next and final clarification of the mishnah we said when the first group left the azara the second group came in and so on and so forth it worked in stages Tana, we learned in a brisa called this is very interesting each person walked home with his meat and his skins and he would kind of wrap the meat inside the skins. Umavshil laachayrav, And hold it over his shoulders. Amar of Elish Tayas. Rav Elish says, like an Arab. That's how we would walk home. What does it mean like an Arab? So the, what Rav Elish is pointing out is that sometimes the way to show kavod to something is by showing humility of oneself. okay? For example, you want to honor and respect something, somebody, some thing. So you'll put that on a pedestal and you'll step down. What Elish means by tayis is that we were willing to look like Arabs, to show covered for this hush of a thing that's hanging on our shoulder. I'm going to walk home like an Arab. And it lo- it's, this is usually not the way, apparently, that Yiddin would carry. But I want it to look like I'm working hard, like I'm a laborer. Davka to show cover to this tremendous mitzvah that I'm working for, which is the carbon Pesach. Hadron aloch tomid nishkat. Hadron aloch tomid nishkat. Hadron aloch tomid nishkat. Mazel tov to all of us who uh, who finished that perak Let's start parak Shishi. We're going to. Uh, try to get through as much of the Mishnah as we can. The Mishnah does take us on to tomorrow's DAF. Now, we're going to need to understand the basic halachos. <clears throat> There's a lot of halachas that are going to be listed in this Mishnah. If you don't have clarity yet in the specifics of each halacha, the Gemara is going to spend a while going through this. The next, actually, it's going to be a very Geshmaka next few blot. they are going to get into some Agaditas and we're going to go on a bunch of different tangents and different topics. will be very interesting. But the, the thrust of this Mishnah um, is really going to give us a background into the kishkas of the difference between a Shabbos and a Yomtif. Um, difference between which halachos are midaraisa, there are Bonan on Shabbos and Yomtif. And this Mishnah is going to list a number of different halachos because particularly we're dealing with a Pesach like this year. And because Be'ezus Hashem, with Hashem's help, as we know, Simcha will be working in the Be'ez HaMikdash this Pesach. So this Pesach, we have Shabbos on Erev Pesach. And that's what our mission is about. This is going to be Be'ez Hashem, our, our, uh, our first Pesach in the Be'ez HaMikdash. So we got to know this, all right? <clears throat> what happens when Erev Pesach falls out on Shabbos uh, and how we handle the carbon Pesach. So here we go. Again, don't get bothered if you don't understand the particulars yet. The Gebarah will go through the particulars of why one are is and why one's a darisa, so on and so forth. Mishnah. <laughs> excuse me. Elu, Devar Mepezach Dechaz Shabbos. The following things concerning the Karban Pesach are permitted to do on Shabbos, even though generally it's usr. Shchitasa, you're a lot of Shechtan animal. You could shecht the carbon pesach on Shabbos. Usually, you're only allowed to shecht an animal on Yom For yourself. Besides the carbon atomid, right? You're allowed to shecht an animal for yourself on Yom You're not allowed to shecht on Shabbos. Carbon pesach, you're allowed to do netilas Neshama. Not allowed to kill an animal on Shabbos. But here, you're allowed to take the neshamba. Uzrikas doma. And also the sprinkling of the blood. The sprinkling of the blood goes hand in hand. It's got to be at the same, on the same day as the shechita. So the zrika is going to need to be done. Umichoi And also the michoi kravov. Michoi kravav is basically the cleaning out of the innards. And Rashi says the reason why this needed to be done uh, on Shabbos is because after you shech an animal, its insides immediately begin to spoil unless you remove it. There's really no other option. If you're shechting it, you got to do michoy krov, the haktaras chalav, and also the burning of the fats on top of the mizbeach. All right. Here we go. krovov, the cooking of the carbon pesach, the roasting of the carbon pesach. Usually they would do for the pesach seder, right? Now let it cook on Shabbos. And you have ample time after Shabbos, you can just make your Pesach Seder a little later. So you're not allowed to cook it on Shabbos, you're going to have to roast it only Matzi Shabbos. Vadochas Krovav and the rinsing, the cleaning, they are not Shabbos. It's not essential to do it on Shabbos, it's not allowed to be done on Shabbos. Har Carrying it up the rechav, carrying it up the ramp of the mizbayach. Okay, I'm sorry. Carrying it to the base hamikdash to be makrevit. So now this is carrying on Shabbos. Or bringing it from outside the tchum. Okay, we're familiar with the, the with the of the tchum from uh, Shabbos and beginning of Psochem. So let's say I have my korban Pesach that was outside of the trum of the base hamikdash. The Chatikas Yabaltoi. And cutting off a Yabelas. Cutting off, a Yabelas literally is like a wart, a growth. But over here, there are certain halachas that certain things on an animal are called a mum, it's called a blemish. But if you cut it off, it's no longer there and it makes the animal kosher again. Okay? So the animal was not fit to be a carbon Pesach due to the wart that it had. So to cut it off, in. That's not Deich Shabbos. You're not allowed to cut off a word on Shabbos, according to the Tanakhama. However, Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbi Eliezer says, carrying your animal to the base of Megdash if needed, if you're outside the Tchuk, it's okay, and removing the wart to make your animal fit to be a government pezah are all permitted on Shabbos. Obviously, the Gemara is going to have to get into what is this Machleikas. Part of the machlekas will be explained in our mishnah, Rabbi Umar, But part of it will not. Rebbe Liazur, Rebbe Liazur says, dinu, I'll tell you my logic. Ma'im shchita When it comes to shechting an animal, the carbon pesach on Shabbos, you're not allowed to an animal on Shabbos. Usually, Shim yishum this is also daraisa. The tilas neshom. Doichen as a you're allowed to do shechita. So elu tchum cutting off a wart. Is that as bad as the tilas Yashoma? Bad meaning as good. You know what I mean? Is that as important? He says they're only darabonon. So yitku as a Shabbos. If you could do a daraisa to be able to bring korban pesach, kavucherim you could do a darabon. Rabbi Yishua says, Nah, your your svara is wrong because yamtiv yechiyach. Yamtiv will disprove you. Sheheteru by mishum alacha. On yamtiv, you're allowed a shecht an animal. For aser by mishum shavos, but there's still still suri darabonon. Okay. You're allowed to shecht an animal on Yom tif, You're not allowed to bring it from outside the tchum. You're not allowed to cut off a wart. So you see that the two alachas don't necessarily, just because one's the Ra's and one's the Rabbanon, doesn't necessarily go hand in hand. I'm like Rabbi Well, says, Mazi Yeshua. What are you talking about, Rabbi Yeshua? Ma Raya Mitzvah. I'll tell you the difference. Over there by a Yom tif, that Stama guy, Tendler on Yom tif, wants meat. I'm allowed to shecht an animal. But okay, because I want meat. But am I allowed to bring it from outside the Tchum? No. Why? Because it's Roshosh. But says Rebbe Leezer to Rebbe Yeshua in the Beis HaMikdash, when I need a Kodim Pesach, and the only... I, I don't have it. My Kodim Pesach is outside the Tchum. Granted, the Tchum is the Rabbanan. Granted, cutting off a wart is the Rabbanan. But with practically speaking, there's a Chiv. There's an obligation. I have a Kodim Pesach. I have a Chiv. So just because I'm not allowed to do something which is a reshus, doesn't mean I'm not allowed to do something that is a chiyuk, that's a mitzvah. He should Rabbi Kiva ve'Amar. Rebbe Kiva said back to Rebbe eliezer and he says, "No, I'll answer that response. Hazot the 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 sprinkling of the blood on the mizbeach will disprove your your logic. Why? Shehi mitzvah. The whole purpose of the sprinkling is." to make it a kosher carbon Pesach, the shum shavus, and the only isser of sprinkling is only because of shavus. Why is it a shavus? So Rashi explains that it just looks like what we refer to in our language as um, what we would call is kind of Maccabar okay? It's really tikun that, kli, that's uh, the, the more uh, proper way to, to phrase it. That's what a lot of people use. it. In other words... Haza is the, is the finishing touch on the karbam. There's four steps. Shechita, Kabbalah Saddam, um, uh, Hilacha, and zrika. The sprinkling is like the stamp. The Rabbanan said he shouldn't sprinkle it on the Mizbeach because people might come to think you could put a finishing touch on something. But it doesn't override Shabbos. And therefore, don't be surprised by these other malachas of cutting the ward, so on and so forth, she pisha himisham mitzvah. That even though they're part of the mitzvah, a himisham shvutz, they're a mitzvah. It's only derabanan. Still, la yitchesa shabbos, maybe it's not going to override shabbos. Amarle Rebbe Leizer. Now Rebbe Leizer says back to Rebbe Kiva, I bet it's ganging up on Rebbe Leizer here. Yeah, Rebbe says halacha. The Chum argued. Um, Rebbe Shua ch- challenged Rebbe Leizer from the laws of Yom Tif. Rebbe says, eh, don't prove me from Yom Because Yom that's when you want it. Here you got a chiv. Rebbe Kiva now takes on Rebbe Leezer. And he says, no, I'll prove to you from sprinkling. Rebbe Lezir says, back now to Rebbe Akiva, okay, he says, "Va'allah ani don. He says, I just, you should know that I, that I happen to hold a different halacha when it comes to sprinkling. I, 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 I don, when it comes to uh, haza, umaim shechita... Uh, I hold the Taka allowed because just like Shechita, Shehim Yishom that is Asr Deiraiso on Shabbos. Now that us Shech. still for the carpet Pesach it is, Deich Shabbos. Haza sprinkling of the blood, Shehim yisham Shavos, which is only the because it looks like Tikkun, right? Ein Oidein, Sheh Shabbos. How much more so should the sprinkling be allowed? So don't say, oh, look at sprinkling, it's not allowed on Shabbos. Guess what, Rabbi Akiva? Sprinkling is allowed on Shabbos, and therefore you have no question. Omale Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva says back to Rabbi Yeshua, okay, well, I'll ask you from the other way. Aychilof. Let's switch it around. Ma'imaza. When it comes to sprinkling, even if you hold it's allowed, yeah? But what about sprinkling? Shehim Yishom Shavos. Usually sprinkling is Aser, De Rabbanon. a Deiches Shabbos. Meaning, your same svara to allow sprinkling to be done should be used to tell me that shechita is User. Why? Look at this logic, very gishmak. He says, because like this. According to you, the whole Svara is to allow sprinkling. Why? Because. Why is it allowed? Why is it only because it's a derabona? Hmm. So, still, it's Himi Shum Shavuz. If you do it as far as the Pesach, the Karim Pesach is concerned, it's going to be a problem. It's a shchita. It should be on Shabbos. To put it in a different way, to put it in our words, we'll say it like this. He's not using Rebbe own Svara. Trying to put this in a simple way. He's not using like ulitame, But he's saying to Rebbe Eliezer, you're only learning out the permissiveness of sprinkling from the permissiveness of shechita. Okay, clear? You're only learning... Because Rabbi, Rabbi Eliezer said, if shechita, which is the rice, is allowed, certainly sprinkling, which is the barn, should be allowed. Right? So sprinkling is only permitted because shechita is permitted. Well, what if I would show you that according to your logic... Shita is actually prohibited. Shreita is actually Usr. Then what would you say? Akiva, You know what I would say to you? That you uh, that is blasphemy. Because the Torah says you government So What do you mean? You, Rabbi Kiva says you What if I would show you Shita's Usar? Rebelazar is back to him. What if you show me? I would tell you you're arguing on will in the Tyre. Because we know the korban needs to be shachted in its proper time, no matter what. So where where would you even be coming from if you want to say Shita Zasaran Shavas? on Shabbos? Amar Loi, Rabbi Kiva therefore says, Rabbi Havi Li If the Taira would use the word Moed by sprinkling, then you'd be okay. The same way it says Moed by shita, it's allowed. It says Moed by But it doesn't put it in the same category. It only uses the word Moed by shita, But since it doesn't use the word Moed by sprinkling, it's not allowed. Kla'alama Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva ended off, he gave a rule, and he said, here's the rule about the carbon pesach that falls out on Shabbos, anytime you have a malacha that can be done outside of a Shabbos time, ain't Shabbos. You're not going to be allowed to do that malacha on Shabbos. however, Shabbos, which the Torah says it's gotta be. It's got to be in its time and no other time, so it's not possible to do it. And therefore, it is going to be dai Shabbos, as opposed to the Hazor, the sprinkling, that will only be permitted to do um, after Shabbos, according to Rabbi Akiva's halacha. And as we learned in the missionary Rabbi Lezer argues, and Be'ezas Hashem, uh, tomorrow the Gemara will go more in-depth Into this halacha that a carbon pesach is doiche shabbos.